Welcome, awesome listeners, to the New Nudist Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Klein. This is the podcast for people curious about the nudism and naturism way of life. If you've been thinking about trying out nudism, if it's been a bucket list thing for you, then this is the podcast designed to give you what you need to know in order to try it out. If you're already nudist, this show is for you too. We hope you'll learn more about the movement and get more out of your nudist practice. Well, hey, nudies, it is June 2021, and we are celebrating Pride Month. On today's special Pride show, we're checking back in with two folks we've interviewed previously to see how their nudist journey has been coming along. We'll hear from Ted, a gay man who found social nudity through nude yoga, and Marilyn, a transgendered woman who was pretty new to social nudity when we spoke, and since then, she's had a lot more nudie time to tell us about. All of this coming up next in episode 16 of the New Nudist Podcast. Stick around. Hey, before we get to our interviews today, I wanted to give a shout out to Stefan Duchesne and Samantha from the Naturist Living Show podcast uh, for their latest episode, which featured other Naturist podcasters. And we were fortunate uh, on the New Nudist podcast here to be featured on that episode. And uh, we were, you know, I was thrilled. Um, you know, Stefan's been on my show. To sort of hear myself on his show is pretty, eh, you know, nudist fanboy situation. So, um, but there are also some terrific podcasts on the topic of nudism and naturism. And each of them, I think, arguably kind of comes from comes at this topic from a different perspective. So I sort of approach this from a, you know, people who are new to it and, you know, increasingly from an equity situation and um, perspective. And so, uh, you know, and there are others who just take sort of very different perspectives on it. And um, so I encourage you to check them all out and see if they can be helpful to you as you're exploring your, you know, nudist journey, taking your nudist journey forward. Um, there'll be a link to that show in the show notes, and I encourage you to check them out, um, especially Naked Age, which is a podcast by frequent new nudist podcast contributor and sage Evan Nix. So uh, check out Naked Age, which um, I think he does a terrific job on. So today is our Pride episode, and it's an important one. I so often I receive emails from listeners who are gay men largely uh, talking about their hesitancy to try social nudity outside of a specific gay man context for fear that they won't be accepted. And some have given me anecdotes about being treated differently, but most just don't think that they are going to be welcome. And I'm hoping that we can change that perception in part with you know this episode and maybe at least take a step in that direction. So we interviewed Ted back in episode nine, and we asked him to come back and tell us what he's been up to since we last spoke. So here is my interview with Ted. Hey, Ted, thanks so much for coming back on the New Nudist podcast to speak with me. Um, Thank you, Scott. I appreciate the offer to come back and talk a little more. So... We, you know, you and I have been in touch since you joined, uh, joined us last time and we're on the show and, um, and it's been great to kind of continue the conversation offline. And, and so I wanted to be able to bring, bring you back and, and 
share, have you share a little bit about what your journey has been like since the last time we spoke on the show? Um, uh, first of all, you know, you, you, you killed a gingerbread competition, didn't you? Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, myself, as well as the four other members of our team. <laughs> <laughs> so t- tell us a little bit about that. Is it, how does it tell us um, about that? Sure. Um, so our team participated last year in the 28th annual National Gingerbread House competition that held at the Omni Grove Park Inn in Asheville, North Carolina. And like everything last year, it was a little bit different because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but um, it was a great experience. And I'm uh, pleased to say that my team was fortunate to win the grand prize. I saw you on the Today Show. Yes, we had a virtual award ceremony and uh, our reveal was done on the Today Show. That, that is so cool. So cool. Congratulations on that. I think that that's great. Oh, well, thank you very much. You know, it was um, a touch of normalcy in a year that was really crazy. So it was a it's a real honor anytime to win that competition, but kind of especially uh, great to win it during such an awful time. And it was kind of a reminder that there are better times to come. So. Well, oh, so true. Well, I, you know, I saw your winning entry and oh my gosh, they should have just given it to you right there. I mean, the, the level of artistry, the level of detail was astounding. So uh, you, you won that fair and square. No kidding. So well, thank you. Um, we've already started the planning for this year. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like the Macy's Day Parade, right? The, the, the balloons go down and the planning starts the next day, huh? Uh, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Wow. Well, uh, you do remarkable work. Um, but when you're not baking, uh, you've had some time to, you've had a little nudie time, haven't you? Yeah, so absolutely. What have you been doing since we, once, since we last spoke uh, with regard to social nudity? You know, that's a really interesting question. And I think it's changed a little bit also as the pandemic has started to subside a bit here in the U.S. and people are getting vaccinated and folks feel a little more comfortable getting out and about. So when we talked last time, a lot of what we talked about were things that I was doing during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as kind of things have moved forward, uh, I've started to connect and do a little bit more with some other uh, friends as well. And one of the places that I found that's a great way to connect is through the men's naked yoga programs that I've done. So you'll meet not only the instructors, but other students. So um, one of the other students actually turns out to basically be a neighbor of ours that lives a few blocks from us here in downtown Phoenix. So um, even when we were still sort of in the pandemic and getting toward the vaccines, we would do some uh, dinners with him either at his place or our place. And we would do those in a, a nude setting with my husband, myself and him because he's single. And so we did that a few times uh, and that went really well. And now that we're further along toward vaccines, he actually just hosted a first Friday happy hour at his house. So in Phoenix, we do this first Friday like art um, and culture event that happens every Friday in downtown of us and everyone was vaccinated but he did a small nude first friday happy hour and that was a lot of fun so tell me tell um, me how that that went how did how did how did people react well i think some of the folks have been before although there were some new folks there so um he's explained the key to that one is making sure that everybody gets naked right away because if you wait too long then it can get to the point where people don't undress at all so you just have to kind of like go for it right away. And it really, it's just like a regular happy hour, except people aren't wearing clothes. So uh, it was really fun. Um, 
and I think he's going to continue to do them going forward. Um, I was actually surprised how many people were out and about in Phoenix, given how hot it was already here in June. Um, and as downtown Phoenix has become a lot more popular, parking around his place has become much more difficult. So I think he didn't quite have the numbers he's had in the past because of the parking and also because we're still emerging from the pandemic. But uh, it was really fun, and I hope he continues that going forward. What a cool idea. And as, as you say, this is we're just now getting to the point where those sort of things are possible again, right? Right, exactly. And it's where people feel comfortable getting out again and being in groups and such. So it, it's nice to kind of see us being able to trend um, in that direction. And actually, that same friend is someone who enjoys some nude hiking. So earlier this year, he had said we should go to a nude hiking spot um, that's about an hour and 15 minutes um, from central Phoenix. It's um, northeast of here. So uh, we went actually with another friend from Naked Yoga and then another one of uh, Chris's friends as well. So a group of five of us went and it was great. Um, it was getting a little bit warm already. We probably waited a little too long to start. But then the other only problem was they had said it would be a really easy hike. And when I looked <laughs> it up before we went, I said, you know, it's rated as difficult. Are you sure? And we were reassured, no, no, it's really easy. Well, yeah, it turns out to be kind of a very difficult hike on a non-maintained trail and it moves because of erosion. So oh fortunately, one of the five of us was very familiar and able to kind of navigate us through, but it felt a little bit like being on an episode of Survivor rather than just this like casual morning hike that we thought we were going on. But it was really fun, actually. And uh, we were going to repeat that um, the following uh, weekend, but then the one who was the guide wasn't available. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we decided to go check out this men's clothing optional resort that's in the desert here, about an hour east of Phoenix called Copper Cactus Ranch. And so uh, a group of us went out there for the day to check it out. And we had a really great time. And actually, they were doing a um, tiki luau themed event the following weekend. So Adam and I rented one of their um, tents that actually has a real bed in it. And we spent a couple nights and uh, enjoyed the desert, which was a really fun experience. We're actually going back to 4th of July as well. My gosh, I bet their 4th of July is off the hook. I would think so, of course. The fire danger. In fact, the Telegraph wildfire is happening not too far from them right okay. now. But um, yeah, they do. It's very remote. And for the friends that I've invited, I've explained it is very rustic, but it's a really cool experience. Um, the facility they bought was a commune for like the hippies back in the 60s and eventually abandoned. And so they bought it and completely remodeled it. Uh, and they have a pool out there and there's hiking and it's just a really um, fun, uh, like I say, a little bit rustic, but really fun environment. It's clothing optional. Uh, so like in the pool, pretty much everyone's naked and hiking and such, but then you'll have people going around with clothes on as well. And pretty much anything goes, which is nice. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's a very uh, fun and very diverse group. So all different ages of men, different backgrounds, different ethnicities. So it's, it's mm. a really cool chance to meet people that you probably wouldn't meet uh, from different walks of life. Wow, what is the vibe like? It's pretty relaxed. Um, it's, I mean, people who tend to enjoy the desert and nature. So, you know, a lot of hikers are there. Um, they, in addition to having their facility where they rent out the house, it's kind of like a bed and breakfast. And then they have the tents with beds, they also rent camping spots for people to pitch their own tents. Hmm. And they also allow RVs 
to come in as well. So you get a real like mix of folks. So two of the folks that were there that we met last time are retirees and they travel the country in their RV all year long. So it was really interesting to hear their experiences about traveling the US during COVID, which was really interesting to hear how kind of how they navigated that. Um, a lot of uh, folks from Phoenix, of course, go out there, but uh, many people from all over the US were there. We were surprised even a gentleman from Connecticut was there and it was his fourth trip in a year uh, to the ranch. Wow. So um, it's pretty well known. It has a, it's a very friendly environment. They do a lot, it's kind of like a cruise ship. So they have events that you can partake in. So they do like karaoke, but they actually play the instruments live. So you can go do that or not participate if you want. Um, the, so two men own it together, they're married and the one is a cook. So he does the meals, which you could opt to do or not. Um, it's a bring your own bottle facility. So if you want to drink, you can either drink at their bar or bring your own. So it gives people lots of options to kind of make what they want out of either a day or a mini vacation, usually around the weekend. Did you do any hiking there as well? Yes, we did. Um, we went, they have like a little trail that goes up a hill that's kind of the, behind the house, which I wouldn't really count as a hike. It's more like a walk yeah. in nature. And then we did, there's a wash that currently doesn't have any water in it. And we probably hiked about a mile, mile and a half in on that. Um, it was a bit warm that day and there's really no shade along the way, but it was fun. Um, and if I were to do it again, I would go much earlier in the day uh, for sure, um, but it was nice. And we did it with a group as we were um, going, actually there were a couple of guys at the pool that saw us headed that way. So they joined us as well. Um, so it was nice. And the facility does a good job uh, with like making sure everyone is safe because when you start doing that um, trail, the cell phone signals don't work anymore because you're so far out. So they give you a walkie-talkie so that if you have any problems, you can radio back so that they know. Um, so they really do a very nice job of um, kind of keeping watch over and shepherding everybody while at the same time giving people the space to sort of do their own thing uh, in nature or with hang out with other people in chat if that's what you want to do. So it's a really um, cool experience for sure. And you've also done had a chance to do some hiking at Olive Dell too, right? Yeah, correct. So we were going to be in um, Southern California, actually meeting up with our gingerbread team to start our planning uh, for this year's work. And since we were going to be in San Diego, I was thinking, well, we should do something new to the area since we're going to be there. And um, you had mentioned Olive Dell and hiking there before on this podcast. So um, we decided to uh, check that out. And we actually made a friend through Instagram, um, who is a nude hiker who posts his nude hiking photos. Um, and he, David, and he's a great guy. So we ended up meeting up with him and uh, going out to Olive Dell to uh, check it out. And it was great. We enjoyed the hiking and then also spent a fair amount of time uh, in their hot tub as well. Oh my gosh. So, uh, okay. what are you thinking about nude hiking? Are you uh, a fan? Yeah, I am a fan. I think it's good. I think it's a really uh, nice way to connect and be very free in nature. Um, it certainly involves the application of lots of sunscreen and we ended up having to like research and figure that one out. But yeah, um, it's fun. Also footwear is obviously very important. So um, we've kind of learned like that hike that was a surprise to be as difficult as it was. We quickly realized our footwear was not appropriate for that one. So we've kind of learned to do a little bit more research and plan a little further ahead. Sure. Um, next weekend, we're meeting up with David. We're back in San Diego for gingerbread again. And this time we're going to go check out Black Beach. So oh, Black uh, Beach. that'll be another little adventure yeah for those and then one of these times 
Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Black Speech is the nude beach in La Jolla. Um, and uh, and kind of the, so I guess, kind of the Southern California nude beach down here. Um, so, uh, so you're going to go do that. I really wish I could go join you guys. <laughs> yeah, I wish you could as well. I think it's going to be really fun. It's been something we wanted to check out for a long time. So it kind of works out perfectly. And for once, fingers crossed, it looks like the weather is actually going to be nice. The last yeah. couple of times we've been out, um, it's been a little on the chilly side, so um, we're hopeful for that. And one of these days, we also want to check out De Anza Springs. I believe that's another uh, place you've mentioned. I know that's yep. further east from San Diego. That one looks cool as well. So that's on the radar screen uh, to check out at some point. And then also, of course, um, your home resort as well, uh, Glen Eden. We still need to check that one out too. So when, when we can get to Southern California, we're trying to uh, explore where we can there as well. You, you've really been putting the social and social nudity since, uh, you know, the last couple of months then. Yeah, within the last few months, we've been um, exploring and it's really fun. We've met some really great new friends um, who have the common interest. And it's interesting. I do feel like, and I'm sure folks have said this on the podcast before, I feel like you make friends maybe faster when people are nude because I think they're a little more open and a little more honest and some of that pretense is set aside. So mm -hmm. um, it's been really nice. And like I say, we've met um, a number of folks here in Phoenix that we wouldn't have really probably met any other way uh, who all turn out to be um, great. And so I've told some of them about naked yoga and they've told us about some other opportunities and things to do around here. So you definitely can immerse yourself in a little bit of a community once you get out there and get involved. Has, have most of the experience, your social nude experiences been sort of within a, a gay man context, right? have they or have they been sort of a little mixed uh so they've pretty much been within the, the gay men context um the only occasion so far where it was mixed was when we went and did the hiking and then we're in the hot tub at olive dell because mm -hmm. um that is a co-ed resort so um and, and that was a great experience um there, there were a couple of parts of that that were interesting because i realized what some of the folks talk about here with some of the challenges with nudism as well so in that particular case, when we went to visit, it was my husband and myself, and then our friend David, and, and David happens to be single. And we were running a little bit late, so David got to Olive Dell before us, and he started the check-in process before we joined him. And it wasn't because he was gay, but he was getting a little bit of pushback as a single man trying to go into the resort. I and I've heard other single men talk about that either here on the podcast or on Reddit, that it can be an issue. And I do understand that there have been some problems, I guess, with men leering at women, being inappropriate, et cetera. So um, we, we got past that. But then I did notice even when like the three of us were in the hot tub, there were a couple of occasions when couples came in and, and the woman would kind of like crouch and kind of get into the hot tub very quickly to try, I guess, to avoid our gaze. But we were trying to make it very clear that three of us were just hanging out and we felt bad that we were making someone else feel awkward because that was not our intent in any way. So it was interesting to sort of see that in action for the first time, because mm. to your point, most of the experiences have been in a gay men's context where it's, that isn't there. And so it, it felt interesting to kind of be in the shoes of how the men feel who are nudists, but then also to see the women feeling awkward so I kind of saw both sides of it, I guess. And it was interesting. It was eye-opening is what I would say. You know, I, I get uh, emails from listeners and voicemails from listeners. And it's been an interesting 
to uh, to see some of the commonalities in some of the things that I get. And one of the things that several people have uh, kind of touched on is they were listening to the episode that Evan and I did with Randy. And Randy was talking about his, you know, sort of his first nude experience, social nude experience with um, as a black man. And so many people have reached out to me, said, you know, as a gay man, I kind of really identify that with that, with what he's saying. And, you know, I really understand the, the feeling of you know, looking around and feeling potentially like I'm not welcome. Um, so have you felt any of that? Was that, was that a vibe that you got in, in, you know, whether it was Olivedale or any other situation where, where that came into play? I wouldn't say that I've felt unwelcome anywhere. Um, I think it was more like an example I was just saying with Olivedale, it was more realizing kind of where some of that single man stuff comes from mm. on both sides, right? Where the men feel cast aside and unwanted, but at the same time, based on the women's reactions, I can't imagine that those weren't based on things that have happened to them in the past that they didn't enjoy. So I, I can kind of see how that works in both directions. But no, like at Olive Dell, when we checked in, they didn't bat an eye when we explained that my husband and I were married and they were not a problem with that at all. Um, and then, of course, in the gay settings, I mean, that, that would be very unusual to be unwelcome for being gay. So, yeah. no, I, I would say I've been lucky, but also, I, I mean, I haven't had that many experiences at that many resorts or in that many co-ed locations. So maybe that, you know, would be something that, that could occur more with more experience. Yeah. One thing I, I also have people reach out to me about and, you know, would like your take on this is a couple a couple of people have said, you know, hey, look, I'm a gay man and I want to experience social nudity. I'm a little reluctant to go to maybe your traditional nudist or naturist club. Um, but when I go to these uh, clo clothing optional resorts that are really male, you know, for men, I, I, I often feel like there's a kind of like a hypersexuality around it or there's a, a hookup expectation or culture, you know, they, they felt they feel like it's a little bit more sexual than they want than they're looking for. And and so many some of them have come up to me and said, you know, hey, what do I do? I don't know the answer. But um, would like what, what, what would you say to people who to to somebody who came to you and said, Look, I, I just want to kind of hang up by the pool. I, I'm not looking not looking to hook up with anybody. I just want to kind of chill and be naked. Is that a problem in these places or, you know, you know, you have a hundred percent more experience than I do on this. So. Right. Well, I think part of it is you have to kind of pick the venues that you're going to. So mm. like when you were describing the, the naked men's resorts that tend to be hypersexual, I was immediately thinking of say Palm Springs and that's mm -hmm. nothing against Palm Springs, but that is a reason why we haven't really frequented a lot of resorts there because in my mind, that's a lot of what goes on out there. So I think you have to kind of research and plan a little bit to that extent. So like here in Arizona, uh, Copper Cactus Ranch, um, I mean, sexuality is an element of it, but it was never anything that's in front of you or that I ever think anyone would feel coerced or that peer pressured into. 
So I think they do a really good job of balancing there. Um, I mean, basically, they it's a nude environment to hang out. You can go to the pool, you can go to the hot tub, you can hike. Uh, but then if people want to go back in private to their room, that is certainly something that they can do as adults. But um, it's not like a bathhouse sort of situation. So I think you have to do a little bit of researching on that. But I also think from what I hear, I mean, some of that sort of activity even occurs in a place like Black's Beach that's technically public. So it shouldn't because that Absolutely. can jeopardize a nudist beach. So that, that should not be happening, but you know it can. So I think part of it is you have to really kind of look at what are some opportunities. If you really want to do, say, something that's nude but doesn't involve sex, then you have to look at, say, like a naked yoga type situation because that's an actual exercise class. And in fact, my instructor jokes that he can tell when he has somebody new that's showing up that thinks it's going to be sexual and isn't at about 15 minutes in when they're looking around and sweating and checking their watches like, wow, we have another hour of this. And apparently we're <laughs> actually exercising and not just looking at each other. So, you know, I think if you yeah. kind of plan that way and, and really think about, I've heard, I think there's some like nude bowling leagues that happen. I mean, some of those are co-ed or like nude groups that go to art museums and stuff. So as more things open up with COVID, I think there will be more chances but I would also say, like, when you're researching things as a gay man, if, if you see stuff that looks a little bit lurid on the website or on Instagram for a location, then it probably is. But if it looks a little bit more middle of the road, I would say give it a chance and, and see what happens. It, a gay naked thing doesn't necessarily equal sex, but mm -hmm. it can. And so it's on you to do a little bit of research around that is what I would say. Makes total sense. Ha yeah. Have... Has this time that you've been able to be a little bit more social in a social naturism situation, has, has it helped you in any way? Has it changed? Yeah, well, Do you feel any been, different? Um, I don't know if it's like feel different, but coming out of COVID, it feels like things are kind of going back a little bit to normal. Because back in the day, you know, it used to just be that I was hanging out naked and, social, and socially at Naked Yoga. And lots of guys would go before COVID and everything happened. So I feel like we're kind of getting back to that a little bit, although it's different ways of being naked and different ways of socializing now. Um, I mean, I think it's very fun. I, has it changed me? Um, I mean, maybe it's made me um, a bit more open-minded and exposed me to folks I wouldn't have met otherwise, which everybody tries to think they're open-minded, right? But it's kind of like the more you meet different people and hear different perspectives, the more you see things from a different view. So I think that that's been very good. And I would expect that that'll continue as we go forward. It's been surprising as well to see people who are up for doing naked yoga or going to the ranch who you might not have thought were. Um, and also to talk with some people who aren't and to kind of understand where they're coming from as well, uh, which of course is entirely valid, but it's interesting to hear their perspectives. Like we have one friend where the friend joins us, but his partner doesn't do anything nudist. So um, they kind of do sort of like separate social activities when it comes down to the nudist piece. So it's interesting talking with them about how they reach that agreement and how they make it work for their relationship totally understand that but that's very similar i think to a lot of people gay or straight have talked about spouses that aren't into nudity right so i don't think that's anything Absolutely. unusual there i just think it's you know a an outcome of sometimes relationships you just kind of ha figure out how to move forward if one person wants to be nude and the other doesn't so. yeah you know i think we could probably do about seven or eight shows on that topic alone um 
Right. And you know, I, 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 I actually, we probably should do start talking a little bit more about that because that is an experience that so many have uh, with social nudity where they, you know, one person's interested in it and the other, you know, their partner might not be. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that uh, is common, you know, whether you're a hetero couple or a gay couple or whatever. Right. Right. So you and I uh, spoke a little bit about um, the fact that I actually a couple months ago finally told my parents that uh, I'm a naturist and um, that I host this podcast. And, uh, you know, it's not something that I, I really shared a lot with my family. Um, I think I told my sisters and my, one of my brothers. And, uh, and so finally I told my parents and it was interesting. It, I, I felt like I was kind of coming out in a way. And you and I chatted a little bit about that in, in sort of in the, and talked about how maybe, you know, the, the, it's sort of like coming out as gay in a way, right. Um, that, that I, it would be interesting because you, you know, you, you've, you've been able to do both. Are they similar? Are there differences in sort of coming out to your friends and your family as a nudist uh, and, and as a gay man? So uh, first congrats on uh, coming out <laughs> to your family. You. And as you were describing that process, I was, thinking how similar that is to most people when they come out as gay with like telling friends and siblings first and parents are usually the very last to ever hear, um, which is interesting, but that just seems to be kind of the common experience for most people. There was um, tequila so yeah, involved. I, I had, no, I really did. <laughs> I was probably about two margaritas in and, uh, and my, you know, I just decided, <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> so. Right. Because um, right. it, it kind of felt like I was hiding uh, something uh, that is a part of me, right? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, although it's not central to my identity in the same way that my sexuality would be, um, it, you know, it still was, it was a part of me that I felt like I was hiding from them. And, uh, yeah. and so, and, and my father was, you know, chuckled and, and said, hey, you know, you do you. And, which I frankly didn't mm -hmm. expect, but um, my mom was was like, no, that's it's good, you know, good that you do it. I I certainly wouldn't do it, you know. She was probably had a little bit harder time sort of processing it, but um, you know, they didn't they didn't kick me out. They didn't, uh, you know, they it was uh, it was a lot less traumatic than all the scenarios that I envisioned uh, when I would tell them. So. Um, but what, what was it like, you know, how are they different? How are they the same? Well, so it's interesting you ask the question because they're actually very different in the sense that obviously I'm married to my husband. We've been together for, married for going on four years, together for 16. Um, but like on the nudist front, like coming out there, that's a process I'm kind of just basically beginning, right? Like, so I've told friends and stuff, but no family to date. And I don't know why exactly, but it's just like, hasn't come up in conversation. Um, I mean, I guess to your point, when you talk about like, so if you're gay, that's kind of like central to who you are, it influences like who you're gonna date and or marry, et cetera. Whereas whether or not you like to take your clothes off, I mean, yeah, it's a big part of you, but it's not like, I guess, fundamental to your identity. So, 
um, that's actually the, the second coming out is like a journey there. And I guess I feel like to a degree, and I've heard some people maybe even say it on this podcast, they, they aren't sure of like, which is more difficult coming out as gay or nudist. And to some degree, I wonder if it isn't maybe nudist. Um, Cause I feel like sometimes there's a lot of judgment that comes with that and misunderstandings. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I only know my experience on both fronts and I certainly can't generalize. Uh, but it's definitely a process, and I would argue they're very similar, at least from my perspective. Have you, have you had anybody that you've come out to as a gay man that that right like couldn't take your coming out as a as a nudist? Like you told them about their news, and they're like, "Okay, that's that's just a bridge too far for me." Or has everybody been uh, pretty no. accepting? No, but I mean, they've all basically been like gay friends and, uh, you know, I mean, most of them knew from like naked yoga to begin with, okay. but then, yeah, even the other friends that weren't part of it, no, nobody was like shocked or just couldn't handle it. No, that was definitely not the reaction at all, but that's, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I would expect friends to be more open and stuff. Uh, family. Yeah. It just hasn't come up in conversation yet. I mean, I suppose it will at some point, kind of like what you were saying, where you feel like you're hiding something that's part of you that you really shouldn't, but uh, yeah, think, that's an interesting How do you think you'd point. bring it up? I mean, it would probably be centered around like the activities, right? So like either doing the naked yoga or the hiking. Um, it's not like I would foresee like hanging out with the family naked because that is not something that they do. So I, and I wouldn't want to do anything that would put them in an awkward position, I guess is kind of how I would look at that. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting question, actually, because uh, it is something very different from just being gay. So I'd be curious to ask a lot of people who are gay and nudists, are they out on both fronts or where are they on between the two? Because um, of the people I know, I don't know that I've asked if they've ever told their families they're nudists. So I don't, I don't know the answer to that, hmm. even for my core friend group. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I, I, I'm, I'm curious, kind of like, you know, how, yeah, how, how some of my listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, which obviously you are, um, if you, uh, if the process has been similar, or if it's been different. And uh, so I, I'd be interested to hear from our listeners, uh, what they what their experiences have been like. And uh, maybe we can kind of share some on the show. So, um, Ted, thank you for coming back on the show. And, and I, I want to have you back again as we kind of continue on this journey together of, of kind of exploring social nudity. So Black's Beach is your next, is your next thing. Uh, yep, that is next you, on the list. What do you see after that is, is sort of the next, next thing after that that you want to do that? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I don't know. Um, nude cruise, man, nude cruise. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's going to take a while to get me on a boat after COVID. Nothing to do with being new on the boat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cruise ships were kind of a feature just before. <laughs> but yeah, that's a real yeah. possibility. Um, I recently discovered there is a boutique a naked hotel in Oaxaca, Mexico that looks super cool. That might Ooh. be fun uh, to go visit. So, you know, I'm always looking for new things and uh, I'm sure I'll find something. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, Blacks is on the horizon, and uh, I'm not quite well, and we're going back to the ranch for Fourth of July. So that'll get us through at least part of the summer, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> I think that that sounds, that sounds like such a great plan. Well, I want to hear how Blacks goes for you, 
and awesome. uh, and we obviously will continue to stay in touch. Thanks so much for coming back on the show and for sharing your perspective. Happy Pride Month and just glad to have you uh, as a friend and as a friend of the show. Scott, thank you so much. I feel the same way. Take care. Marilyn and I spoke in episode 11 of the podcast, and she's a transgendered woman who was relatively new to social nudity. We've kept in touch, and I was eager to have her update on what she's been up to. I think we can all understand that social nudity can be obviously tricky for transgendered people, and I hope that the trans people listening to this uh, interview and, and the previous interview that she did will get some encouragement to at least give it a try. Um, I always enjoy my conversations with her, and I'm eager to share this with you. So here is my conversation with Marilyn. Hey, Marilyn, thanks so much for coming back on the New Nudist podcast today. It's uh, wonderful to be back talking with you again, Scott. Uh, I certainly enjoyed our first uh, discussion, and I look forward to this one. I, I do, too. You know, um, as I explained when I reached out, uh, we're interested in making this episode sort of our pride episode, right? And mm -hmm. so one of the things we'd like to be able to do is have conversations with some of the people that we've had on the show um, who represent the GLBTQI plus community. And I, you and I have been keeping in touch mm -hmm. and I've been following a little bit of your adventures. And I think we'd all like to hear, how has it been going for you? You've had some nudie adventures since we last spoke on the show, right? Yes, I have. Uh, since we last spoke, I have been to Glen Eden, uh, stayed there for several days and, uh, um, and in addition to that, there's a, uh, a yoga uh, group at Glen Eden, as well as a wellness group uh, that uh, I see on a weekly basis um, and a daily basis for yoga uh, and have gotten to know, but basically just as a face in a box and a name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I did go to Glen Eden and uh, got to meet a number of the people in person, which was absolutely delightful. They are such wonderful people. It's such a strong sense of community in there. And, and, you know, I felt so welcome. Um, That's a that, hard yoga class, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's not well, easy. It's not, yeah. well, particularly when you're 78 years old and you're not very flexible <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I, I, I bet you'd, I bet you'd be able to kick my butt in yoga right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard I'm, class. Yeah. There's, there's one thing maybe I'm thank, thankful for uh, because I'm tuning in. Uh, I'm not there physically. Uh, so, uh, when I crash and burn occasionally on some of these poses, at least nobody knows about it except me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a club for that and we're all in it. Yeah, <laughs> one of the things that Glenn Eden is, is really working on is uh, sort of a, a focus on wellness and health and wellness. And that that group, that yoga group, and um, has been really leading the charge on that. And it's been yeah, wonderful I, to see. And I got to participate with that group in the wellness program. They were, and and, and frank, frankly, uh, the whole idea of changing lifestyle around the things that they talked about makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. And I've been changing my diet, my nutrition uh, because of that. 
Oh, that is so great. So you spent you spent five days at Glen Eden. How so? Tell me, how was that besides hanging out with the amazing yoga people? <laughs> well, um, to begin with, you know they have such terrific facilities, and so spending some more time with the facilities. But mainly, it was talking with uh, various people um, and feeling so welcome. Um, I mean, I left there reluctantly uh, with the idea: how can I? either spend more time here or maybe I should just sell where I'm at and, and move uh, so so that I can be there full time because um, I've been think, thinking about that seriously quite a bit. Wow. Um, so and, and it's not just the social nudity, it's the people. Um, they are just so genuine and real and uh, welcoming and supportive. I mean, as a trans woman who spent the vast majority of my life hiding and, and, and secret and trying to not give any clues as to what I really was. It's um, it's nice to have that acceptance. It's nice to have that support. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of comfort that comes from that. Wow. Um, you also got a chance to meet my good buddy, Evan Nix. Yes. <laughs> so I was walking uh, by one of the pools and uh, with, a with one of the people I, I was uh, actually staying with at Glendine and uh, she says, oh, there's Evan. And Evan turns around and, and said something. And as soon as I heard his voice, it's like, oh my God, it's Evan. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've heard his voice on several of your podcasts and also on his podcast. So yeah, Naked enjoyed, Age, which is fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoy listening to him. Uh, and uh, with all the insights that he has and the information and, and uh, the historical perspective and stuff is just terrific. Oh, and so what did you do there? You, you did some yoga, you did, what else did you do? Uh, we did yoga a couple nights, a couple mornings, I mean. Uh, we, oh, uh, one of the things about the wellness is uh, nutrition. So it's plant-based foods. So uh, we made plant-based foods, uh, meals, uh, went to the, uh, the labyrinth, uh, they had a special oh, ceremony for me at the labyrinth, which was really fun. I've never been through something like that. And I really appreciate what they were doing. And then it, it was my birthday. Uh, so uh, uh, Cindy and Tripp invited uh, people who were in these two groups that I've been Zooming with for some time to come by and say hello while I was there. And, and oh, so wow. I got to meet a lot of people in person that, that in the past were just a face in a box. Oh, my so goodness. I, that was so nice. And so you, you did some time at Glen Eden where, well, you didn't do time at Glen Eden, but you spent some time <laughs> at Glen Eden. Um, so where, where, where else did you go? Well, I, I, from Glen Eden, I went over to Palm Springs and then my friends from Glen Eden came over and we did, we went to modernism week several events and I had other friends who came in, but I drove from there to Phoenix and saw a friend, but I'd spent a couple of weeks down in Tucson because my daughter and son-in-law lived down there and I mm. want to have a chance to see them. But while there, I also want to take advantage of the proximity to Mira Vista, another clothing optional resort. So um, I was able to go to Mira Vista four times and met some people there. It's a very nice place. Um, um, it's um, old Western sort of place, but they have mm -hmm. beautiful facilities and uh, very, very friendly staff. Uh, and uh, so that was <clears throat> a very uh, wonderful opportunity. I also had a 
chance while there, I met a very out trans woman like myself. Oh, and wow. that was uh, uh, an experience that, that was wonderful from the standpoint of, you know, I'm not the only trans person around here who likes social nudity. <laughs> wow. Uh, what was that like? Well, uh, I, 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 when I first got there, I was talking to this lady and, uh, and uh, she made mention of a person who was in another area who had just arrived. And she said, well, that's so-and-so. And then she said, she's transgender. And this woman uh, that she was referring to was very open and out about being trans. Mm -hmm. And I, so we chatted some more. And then finally I thought, you know, wait a minute, I'm going to tell her that this gal and I have something in common. So I said that. So uh, we chatted a little bit more. And, and uh, I think she was surprised that I was trans, which I felt really good about. But anyway, okay. so um, I wander off to the restroom. And when I come back, uh, she and, and this other trans woman are in the volleyball pool chatting. And so I'm walking toward them. And, and the gal, the, the trans woman looks up at me and says, I understand we have something in common. <laughs> and so uh, we started talking and then she said, well, look me up on Facebook and send me a friend request. And so I've done that. And, and uh, I got to see her. I went to Mira Vista four times while I was there. Mm -hmm. I got to see her at least two of the four times I was there and we've communicated and stuff. So it's nice to know to begin with, it was really, um, wonderful to know that at Mira Vista, they seem very accepting. It's not like, it's like everybody there knows her and they know that she's trans and, you and know, no Maria, issues with Maria, that. No, no issues at all. Did she express any sort of, it sounds like she's very out, but she, did she express any sort of, you know, issues that she's had there as, as a trans woman? Not, not there. No. I mean, she's yeah. had issues as a trans woman, but not, not at Mira Vista. So, oh, you know, and then that for, for me was, uh, very, very uh, affirming that, uh, you know, the experience that she's had there is, is one that I had. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm never, I haven't worried about, you know, gee, what's going to happen. Sure. Uh, and I believe last time we spoke, you were thinking about joining your local yes. club. Yeah. There's uh, through, through, uh, American association of nude recreation, the directory, uh, I, found a place that is about 40 minutes from where I live. It's called uh, Mountaindale Sun Resort, MSR. Okay. And last fall, I, I kept looking during the summer, last summer for an opportunity to go out there, but the COVID restrictions never opened up the pool, but uh, they have hiking trails. And finally, I, I just decided I'm gonna go out there and just see what it's like. So I did, and I wanted to go in there probably six or seven times. Uh, oh, wow. I met a lot of people, they were out by the pool. You couldn't go in the pool, but hey, they were hanging out by the pool and talking. And they were all just like a Glen Eden and so friendly and, and welcoming um, and encouraging. They said, well, you should, you should join. And uh, uh, the last day I was, last time I was there, they said, go in and talk to Melanie, the <laughs> camp host, uh, the, the club, club host and get an application for membership. So I got that kept it for well, a couple of months anyway, and just decided, okay, I'm going to join. So I filled it out and uh, submitted it. And part of their process, which I think is probably true for most our places is, or maybe for all of them, is you have to have an interview. Yeah. So I, uh, I look forward to my interview because 
uh, while they were going to interview me, I wanted to ask them a question. And the most, most important thing for me was to be able to talk about the fact that I'm trans and what, what issues might that create for me or for them. And um, so there were three people. There was the club president, the membership chairman, and one, one other person who I'd met that previous fall. And so when I mentioned that, that the one thing I wanted to discuss was about the fact that I'm transgender, uh, I was greeted with, oh, I have a cousin who's trans and oh, hey, that's, that's wonderful, great. And I mean, it was like, oh, geez, so I'm worrying for nothing. <laughs> you found uh, acceptance in that. Very, very good, very good acceptance. Now, uh, one of the things that I struggle with that, well, one, one of the questions I had after that is I wear wigs because when you come out late in life as a male transition to, to uh, female, sometimes things called male pattern baldness. Of course. Uh, cause a problem with the hair growth. So I have shaved my head because I, no matter how I try, I, I can't hide that nasty spot. So, so yeah. I <clears throat> shave my head. I love to swim. Uh, I grew up around a lake. I learned how to swim at a very early age. Uh, but when you go in a pool with a wig on, you know, the fear is it'll float away. And sure. so I talked to them about that. I said, well, this is one of the things I like to do. I said, oh, don't worry about it. Lots of women have their hair shaved. No problem. So um, the last time I was out there, uh, which was last week, uh, I decided that I was going to go swimming, uh, just take the wig off and forget about it. And uh, so I did that and I went swimming. And so uh, several people who I know and I met uh, all last fall several times uh, came by the pool a little later and so I think a number of them now know that I am trans and so the fear of hiding that or you know when do you yeah. who do you tell when do you tell that thing uh, is, is lessened for me greatly. Did you get any any issues anyone kind of giving you any any weirdness when you would when you would tell i mean there, there was nothing that made you feel like you were not welcome no no That's no fantastic. so far i mean it's not that a lot of people know or at least i i know but i'm hoping based on the experience i just had yeah. uh because of the uh people who were there that maybe the word is going to filter around more sure um, sure I, I i in fact was asked uh and this is before i had, had that uh, where, where I swam in the pool without my wig on, um, some consideration about would I be interested in taking this particular position at the club, um, which um, anyway I think was a little premature. But okay. uh, so, um, but but something that they're thinking about. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I feel very supported so far at the club. And I, I, to be honest with you, I don't, all the people I know, I don't expect it's going to be a problem or an issue. Yeah. And that I should feel comfortable uh, swimming without my wig. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have to get used to just not wearing a wig and be feeling comfortable with that out in, uh, at the pool. So sure, sure. That's, that's more my issue than it would be, I think, their issue. Mm. And you and you felt when you were at Glen Eden, you also felt. Yeah, actually, welcome. I think and actually when I saw Evan, that one the the first or second day I was there, it was probably the first day. I actually decided I would just wear a sun hat, and oh, or, okay, and and so 
I didn't have my wig on. Uh, hmm. when, I think I think when Evan saw me, I think I, I may, might have had a ball cap on or a sun hat of some sort. Huh. Um, have you, you were in the show for a while. I know I've gotten a lot of positive uh, response to the episode you were on and to your interview. And people have reached out saying that how much they appreciated the fact that, you know, we are, we're talking about trans issues on this show, uh, appreciated the braveness and the, you know, your generosity in coming onto the show and talking about nudism and naturism from a trans perspective. Have you, have you, I know you're sort of new into this and sort of, but anybody give you any feedback on this that you've heard so far? I haven't had feedback per se, but I, uh, on a weekly basis since the pandemic had have been part of two Zoom um, groups. Mm -hmm. uh, one is a group of people that I knew a couple of the people and the other, there's eight of us. Uh, and we meet in the morning on Wednesdays and Wednesday afternoon, there's a, a trans social group. So, but they're mainly so social groups. Well, the first, first group is, is focused on resilience, gratitude and connection. And the, the trans social group is more just trans people chatting amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, both of these groups I have shared that I have discovered social nudity, that I really enjoy it, that the people I've met have been so supportive and welcoming. And it's, you know, I, 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 I struggled a little bit with, do I tell people? Uh, yeah. And it's kind of like, do I tell people that I'm trans? And it's after hiding in a closet for so long, you know, I decided as far as that goes, I'm, I'm just going to be open and honest. Uh, so in a sense that made it easier for me to maybe disclose that I, I enjoy social, social nudity. Uh, mm -hmm. This is what I've been doing. Uh, and it's interesting because we've had discussions in both groups several times about other people who say, I used to do that, or I, you know, that sounds interesting. So I don't know. Really? Yeah. So maybe uh, uh, I've become an evangelist for social nudity, <laughs> at least within a couple of small groups. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll find out if, if, if they say, okay, when you're going out to Mountaindale Sun Resort next, I want to go with you. There, oh, I love that. That is, that is really great to hear. Uh, yeah, you know, making, again, part of this show is about making people feel comfortable, um, uh, you know, joining. And, and one of the best things we can do to make people feel comfortable with it is to invite them to come with us, right? Yeah. And I, I think it's wonderful that you're introducing this concept, yeah, you know, this whole way of life to them. One of the things I do appreciate is that the American Association of Nude Recreation, the Northwest um, region anyway, has that non-discrimination policy that specifically refers to all genders, yes, all gender identities. So anyway, that covers me and I feel very good about that. I hope that ANR nationally will have as inclusive or broad uh, non-discrimination policy as well. Yeah, it's my understanding that they don't. Is that is that what you've seen? I, I yeah, from what I've seen, uh, they have not uh, been that uh, specific. Yeah, yeah. Um, that needs that needs to change. So I I would really think they should change it. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's a whole that's a whole other episode. It's, I think that's another um, <laughs> another. But uh, we'll leave that up to Evan. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, Evan and I have had a lot of conversations around that issue and and similar issues. So, uh, and yeah, well, we're going to get into it because um, there's, you know, it's 2021. I understand where they come from in some ways, mm-hmm. but um, it's... Uh, well, the world is changing, particularly to me, the younger generation. Yeah. Uh, you, you see so many younger people now who are openly expressing the fact that they're trans or they're non-binary uh yeah and and, and they're very open about it and, and and you know people are becoming more and more familiar with it so i'm i'm optimistic or hopeful that over time this would be almost a non-issue yeah we're talking to you Anna international <laughs> yes um so again i could be wrong but I, I don't think I've seen anything like uh, like what the Northwest has done. Um, no. Broader, and the, the other thing too is is that uh, like in the bulletin, Anna, uh, monthly bulletin, they've got that statement in there from the Northwest, and it says the following clubs all uh, subscribe to this uh, discrimination mm. policy, and they're all the ones that are, certainly the club I go to says that, so or is signed on to that. That's fantastic. Um, so you've had a little bit of a little bit more experience since we last spoke. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts uh, about social nudity? Any and any advice that you would give to members of the GLBTQI plus community? Well, I think if you're thinking about it, uh, at the very least, you you should go out and if there's a club in your area, uh, landed or non-landed, uh, and talk to them. Find out, you know, if if it's something you would be comfortable with, uh, they'd be comfortable with. I, you know, um, I mean, I've heard stories of people who are trans who have are, are have, uh, what we call pre-op, which mm-hmm. means they haven't had all the operations or surgeries. In some cases, they don't intend to, mm-hmm. um, but they're able to uh, partake of social nudity at at clubs and uh, are okay doing that. Uh, not okay from their st- them, uh, within themselves, but the members of the club, others coming up to them and 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 uh, not making them feel unwelcome. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's a process. I think that'll take place so hopefully over time, yeah. hopefully sooner sooner rather than later. But I would encourage anybody who is thinking about it to go check it out. Um, you know, you, you don't want to be like, I, you know, I'm the poster child for late in life. So I've missed out a lot of uh, things that for me would have been very fun and I would have enjoyed just because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't. I can't tell anybody or can't. So. Well, I hope you're making up for lost. You seem to be making up for lost time here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> you're, and you're doing a great job. And, and part of uh, what I appreciate is, again, you're coming on the show and sharing your particular perspective as a trans woman and uh, making it more comfortable and more accessible for those people, you know, whether they're trans or gay or bi or, or whatever, or, you know, ev- whatever group might feel excluded you know, either explicitly or implicitly, either, you know, in perception or reality, whatever it is who feel like, 
you know, this, this can be for them too. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of us are, you know, have been driven by our fear of being outed, being yeah. um, humiliated or being the other. With good reason. Not being included because of who we are, what yeah. we are, but it is who we are. It is part of us. It's part of my identity. It's part of, um, and so uh, try and overcome that fear and at least put the toe in the water. Mm, I love it. You are an inspiration. Thank you for being well, on the show. I am. I, I'm delighted to be an inspiration. So I would love to. Well, you are to me. So Thank thanks. <laughs> and I, I do hope we get a chance to hang out together. Yeah. Uh, I'm, sometime I'm, soon. I've got to find uh, I, uh, either. Uh, I just have to come back down to Glen Eden because yeah. uh, definitely we, we need to meet in person, <laughs> not on the <little> boxes <laughs> and Zoom, and, and also, uh, I'd like to spend a little more time with Evan, just getting to know him. So, well, I think there's a bottle of wine in our collective future there. I'm going to speak for Evan Nix on that. And uh, okay. yeah, I'm sure that we can make that happen. Uh, Marilyn, happy pride month. Thank, well, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Yeah. We're uh, uh, getting prepared for a, a virtual pride uh, program on Saturday. So I have a meeting actually in about uh, 15 minutes to do a run through for that. So fan. Uh, I've been flying my transgender flag out in front, front of my house. So wow. happy pride to all of you who are listening. And maybe if you're in the closet, start thinking about this. Uh, and if you aren't in the closet and you want to go try it, put your toe in the water. We'll leave it there. Marilyn, okay. thanks so much. Thanks, Scott. It's good talking to you again. Well, that's it for today's show. I want to say again, thank you to Ted and Marilyn for checking back in with us and letting us know what they've been up to since we last spoke with them. I, I think the world of them both and just grateful to have them back on the show. So I also encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on whatever podca podcasting platform you're listening to it on. We have more episodes to come and it's the best way to stay up to date. And I also encourage you to reach out and tell me what you think about this show. Um, particularly if you're relatively new to nudism and you're willing to share your story on this podcast. I do want to hear from you. It's newnudistpodcast at gmail.com. I'm particularly interested in more female voices. I, uh, I get mail often asking for that. And personally, I'm very interested in making sure that we have more female voices on this show so particularly if uh, you're a female voice out there and are interested in maybe being encouragement for other uh, females out there interested in giving this a try please do reach out to me we are going to close today's show with a quote from John Lennon the main hang-up in the world today is hypocrisy and insecurity if people can't face up to the fact of other people being naked or smoking pot or whatever they want to do, then we're never going to get anywhere. People have got to become aware that it's none of their business and that being nude is not obscene. Being ourselves is what's important. If everyone practiced being themselves instead of pretending to be what they aren't, there would be peace. I'm Scott Klein. Thanks for listening, happy Pride, and I hope you have a great naked day. <laughs>